Grab the popcorn and get ready to join Chris and Geordie on a journey through some of the most celebrated films of all time that Geordie's never seen before. You're listening to It's About Time You Watch This. Hello and welcome to another episode of It's About Time You Watch This. It's Chris. And Geordie. And this week we are watching a movie that I couldn't believe you haven't seen. A lot of people that listen to the show regularly won't be able to believe that you haven't seen this movie. Considering There's a lot you of Batman movies. Me, Come on. There is. And we did Batman Returns at the start of when we first started doing the show. It was one of the oh, first movies we did. that's one that I forgot did. about. Oh, that's how good it was. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> it's a brilliant movie and that worries me about as we go into this one. This one I was adamant you would have seen. I've seen I bits feel of like it. everybody has seen this movie, but apparently you haven't. We are today talking about The Dark Knight. Batman has no limits. The Dark Knight. Yes. Now, this movie was released in 2008. was one of the biggest movies, I reckon, when it was released, most hyped-up movies ever. It's also the longest movie I have ever witnessed in my life. It's two and a half hours. It's not that it's long. It's so long. It That's two and a half hours of my life. So Two and a half hours. We had seen Batman Returns. Going into this one, Yep. what were you thinking? When I hit play on this... Yep. What were your thoughts before the movie started? Batman Returns was shit. I hope that this is a better looking Batman. Do you need to go back and listen to the Batman Returns podcast? Because you actually enjoyed that. I'm pretty Look, sure. it wasn't too bad. He was just a weird old man. <laughs> and he wasn't quite the right Batman. He didn't have that chiseled jawline. You know, now Batman we, yes, is we meant did, to be chiseled. We did have that discussion, yes, when we did Batman Returns. Not that you? I like to judge people by how they look, but <laughs> give me a chiseled like jawline. <laughs> So, as you said, look, this was a two and a half hour movie, which you traditionally don't do well with longer movies. That's when we a do long it. movie. My brain is like a goldfish. Give me half an hour and that's all you're going to get from me. But then this one does fly pretty quickly. Like, it, it kicks off with a bang. Okay, it does actually go pretty quick. It's It doesn't feel like two and a half hours. But as soon as I saw, because I am notoriously bad for checking how long a movie goes for, yes. and if it goes for longer than an hour and a half, I'm like, damn. Here we bloody go again. (laughs) All right, now you mentioned this briefly. What are your thoughts on Christian Bale as Batman Bruce Wayne? Oh, he's a hunky piece of spunk, isn't he? (laughs) Is that what they call him these days, back in 2008? A hunky piece of spunk. I don't think they've called him that since 1973. but Okay, that's my mother's fault. Yeah, right. But no, I liked him as Batman. I think I almost liked him more than that other Batman bloke that everyone likes nowadays, which name is... Robert Pattinson? Yeah, no, 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 no. The other one. Christian, no. Ben Affleck. That's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody really likes Ben Affleck. I do, but I'm- I thought he was really good. I'm one of the slim majority that apparently like Ben Affleck. Yeah. So. See, I liked him, but this Batman, he outdoes him. Chiseled jawline and all. The chiseled jawline's a big thing for you, isn't it? It really is. When I think Batman, if you're going to rock that mask, you need that chiseled jawline. Tell me I'm wrong. Yeah, okay. I guess so. Mm, mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah, this one pretty much straight into the action, isn't it? Crazy. Well, that's what we said before. Yeah, like it's straight in with that bank robbery scene, which is for a superhero movie, it's very different. We hadn't had a lot of superhero movies when this came out. We'd had the X-Men movies and Fantastic Four, but those, those sort of really sort of cheesier ones. Yeah. We hadn't had anything. This was the same year that the first Iron Man movie came out. This was sort oh, of okay. the 
the relaunch of the superhero movie this yep. year. Yep. Between between this movie and Iron Man, it sort of really relaunched and, and really exploded the superhero movie genre. And I think it was really interesting that he had so many henchmen and it was like, oh, he told you to kill him off so that I was the last one with the money. I thought that that was really clever. The whole thing with the Joker in this movie is he's very smart. He actually is. Like, I thought he'd be a nutter. I mean, he is, <laughs> but really, really thinks things through. You're right. He's a very calculated villain. He's not mm. just a smash and grab. He's very no. calculated. He knows exactly what he's doing. One of the notes that you gave me was how did Bruce Wayne get all the money? Yeah. So was it like rich family, trust fund? Is he just a smart businessman? I'll allow this question because we haven't watched any of the first Batman movies. So we didn't watch the original 1989 Batman. We didn't watch Batman Begins. We no. sort of both times gone into sequels. Yes. So you skipped over the origin story. Yeah, I have no idea how it all But happens. I feel like everybody in the world knows Batman's origin story, which again puts you... Hey, he's orphaned, isn't he? Yeah. So his parents so it's family both, money. Yeah, it's family money. Oh. In a nutshell, it's family money. Yes. Okay, yeah. So he's... But he's also really smart because he keeps the money and he keeps making money. Or did his family just have that much money that he doesn't need to be smart? It's just- he runs Wayne Enterprises and he's you know doing government contracts and all that sort of stuff. And we see a lot of that in this movie. A lot of this movie yeah, is that's true. You know, him doing contracts with other businesses and this sort of stuff. Stuff you wouldn't expect to see in a Batman movie. No, 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 no. But that's the sort of stuff that you know, he does an enterprise that yeah. makes a lot of money. But also does a lot of you know research and development stuff is where you start seeing some of the technology. And that's... One thing. So he's like Iron Man smart. Kinda. Kinda. He's a a, Batman's a detective. Okay. He's very smart, but he doesn't in these movies. He doesn't build the machines. No. Um, We see that in the Ben Affleck ones. You see him building. He actually does Batman building that sort of stuff. In this one, we've got Morgan Freeman, Lucius Fox, who is the head of the research and development department, Mm. and he's showing Bruce Wayne all this technology that they've developed for military purposes. Yeah. That then gets repurposed into things like the Batmobile or the the gliding suit and you know his new suit where he can turn his head, yep. which in this movie was the first for a Batman to be able to turn his head. Every so, other Batman movie, he couldn't turn his head. Huh, that's actually really interesting. So do people not realise that this guy is actually making all the stuff for the Batman or do they just not question it? Well, that actually comes up in this movie. That's right, because the one bloke who The knew one bloke it. who's an accountant says, did you not think that people would notice your baby that's out of your research and development department out on the street yeah. as it painted black as a Batmobile. Like, yeah, yep. You know, so he know. finally clicks and it's sort of, that's where this movie is treating the audience a bit smarter, saying, well, duh, like, of course yeah, people on, would guys. start putting together that the richest guy in Gotham is dressing up and using all this high and, fancy yeah. equipment. Like, yeah. of course it's him. Yeah. Like, so another one of the questions that I had for you yes. was because I hadn't seen, this was a sequel, so I yes. didn't know... Who had actually, who knows Bruce's identity? So in this trilogy so far, the yep. only people that know are Alfred, obviously, because Alfred always knows. He always Butler, knows. And Rachel Dawes in this. She figures yep. it out at the end of Batman Begins. And then Lucius as well. And, and Lucius Fox, because sorry, he's yes, making because the, he's yeah, yeah. making the, the stuff for him. Yeah. So uh, was Batman with Rachel in the first movie? So they grew up together as best friends. Okay. Yep. He sort of fallen in love with her. Uh, but she put him in the boy next door but category. She, well... Not really, but then she turns around at the end and says, I don't want to date Yeah, Batman. I don't want to be with you. Like, you know, I, I want to be with you when you're finished being Batman. And that which is never going to happen. Movie, which, you know, she then writes in this letter in this movie saying, you know, I now yep. realise that, you know. It's you not going to happen. You need Batman more than anything else. Rah, 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 it's never going to happen. So is this the last movie that Heath did before he passed away? Or was this just like his standout performance that well, everyone talks about? Well, I guess the, the big thing in this film that made it so huge 
when it came out was Heath Ledger's Joker because, yeah, this was the second last movie he did before he passed away. Okay, second last. The last movie that he did didn't actually get finished because oh. he died while they were filming. It was Dr. Imaginarium Parsonary. I can't remember the exact title of it, but it was a really, really weird one. Yeah. And what they ended up doing was a bunch of other actors mm. took over in – so in that movie it was he was going to all these different – worlds and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. But in each different world, he was played by, the character was played by a different actor. So Johnny Depp was in it and oh. you know, all these amazing so like actors as a, as a tribute to, to Heath Ledger to finish the movie. Yeah. But this was the last movie he finished before he passed away. Okay. Yeah. yeah and yeah. there's a lot of talk that, yeah, he, he started taking sleeping tablets and those sorts of things. The Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus. That's, Thank you yep. to Josh who's seen yep. the studios right now who's just showed me that. Yes. And <laughs> That's actually, it's a very trippy movie and I don't know if you'd enjoy it, but it is definitely worth a look if you haven't seen it. But there was a lot of talk after he passed away that, you know, he had gone so deep into the character of the Joker and he wasn't oh. sleeping and he was taking, you know, medication to help him sleep and okay. that's what led to his overdose potentially. And Which makes sense because his role is insane. Like, is. And we that's actually, full on. I don't know if you remember this, talking about his passing and, and we'll talk more about it, but we actually heard his father speak. Do you we remember did. this? I remember that. So this was, uh, we're rotating, we, we should let the listeners know, we are both in Rotary. Yeah. And a few years ago, we went to a Rotary conference and Kim Ledger actually spoke there. And it was all about, he now runs a foundation about the misuse of prescribed medications. And that's what happened in the case of Heath. He'd been prescribed this medication and he had overdosed on it. And um, so he, his father now works to make sure this doesn't, doesn't happen, happen again. Anymore. And he is the most incredible speaker. And the way he spoke about what happened and and what they're now putting in place to try and stop this happening again. Just absolutely phenomenal. And you can find more that about that. That was incredible. If you search for Kim Ledger on on Google, you'll find more about that foundation. I think we have a photo with him too. We do, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, just a, an incredible, for everything that family's been through, to hear him get up on stage and, and speak like that was absolutely Amazing. incredible. But, you know, Heath Ledger threw himself into this performance because there were so many doubters and haters that when he was cast, yep. when it was announced, Heath Ledger, the guy from 10 Things I Hate About You is playing the Joker, <laughs> everyone, was, yep. everyone was outraged. Like the nerds were, oh, they were out with pitchforks. Like yep. it was, how can this guy be the Joker? Like that's just ridiculous. And oh. he obviously came and proved Everyone wrong. wrong. Like, yeah. It is down now as one of the most iconic performances in cinema history. It, yeah. It's absolutely brilliant. And you, you forget you're watching, and I guess that's the sign of a, a good actor, is you forget you're watching Heath Ledger. Yeah, that's yeah. not Heath Ledger. That's, that's the, the Joker. Joker. doesn't matter how many times you watch it, that's yeah. the Joker. That's like, the Joker. It's not Heath Ledger because he is so deep into that character. And it's um, interesting that, you know, usually I make notes about these people. For him, didn't make a note about who he was. No. Because, you know, same kind of thing. I was like, no, he's just, you know, just, perfect for this role. But you did say that, like, was it his best performance? He has a lot of incredible performances. He was mm. very underrated as an actor, I think. Yep. And things I had about you, he's actually very, very good it's at that amazing. movie. I have a soft spot Great for that movie. movie. Yep. Especially when he starts singing. Like, you don't expect that from no. Heath Ledger. Like, he's Goodness just, no. he's such an underrated actor and this this proved that. So, yep. uh, is it his best role? Probably. But, but he had still... a lot of very, very good roles. Was, was there anyone else in this movie that you recognised? Yes. Alfred? Yeah. He's played by the guy who is hey, in... Hey, wait, wait. Uh, yeah. do, you, do you know... His actual name? Yeah. Alfred? <laughs> what do you know him from? <laughs> All right, you tell us You tell us what you know. The, the actor that played Alfred, yep. Michael Caine, ah. that's his name. What, what do you know him from? He was from Miss Congeniality. <laughs> What's so funny? Yes, he was. Is what? <laughs> yes, Michael Caine was in Miss... He, he was. He, he was. was in Miss Congeniality, correct? Uh, he's but, also one of the most famous and most revered actors of our time. Oh. Obviously, he was in this trilogy. 
He was in the origin, original Italian job. No idea. So many movies. Jaws. Uh, oh, actually, Jaws yes, I knew Jaws. Oh, I don't no. know Jaws 4. No, he was no. in Jaws 4 The Revenge. Famously was in Jaws 4 The Revenge. Mm. Has never watched it. Wow. He got asked in an interview what he thought about it. He said, don't really know, have never watched it, but it bought my mother a nice house. <laughs> Look, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, he has been in some incredible films. He was here's one you might know him from actually. Okay, go on. He was Austin Powers' dad in Austin Powers Three: Gold Member. <gasps> he was too. He was. Yes. yes. Okay, that one I know. That yes. one I know. So he's been in some incredible films. But again, you recognize congeniality. Congeniality, which again you recognized him. So I'll take that as a win. Winner. But look at yes. me go. Sure. <laughs> um, how did you go taking notes for this movie? Because. I know that one, you struggle to concentrate on a film and take notes. Yep. And two, you struggle taking notes when you're enjoying a film. Yes. How did you go with okay. this? So we talked about at the start that it was a two and a half hour movie. Yes. And that I'm like a goldfish and my attention span is 100%. over. This movie, I found it really challenging to take notes because I didn't want to look away from the movie. So and it I was it enjoying was, it. Because you're enjoying it. Was it was an enjoyment okay. level. It wasn't a... Um, I have to. I have to, yep. It was, I'm really enjoying this and I should be able to actually remember this movie without taking a lot of notes, which is why, I mean, I've still got a lot of notes because it was a two and a half hour movie and whenever it was like the slightest downtime, which hardly ever happened, I would be quickly sitting there like, and a couple of times I think you said to me, oh my God, you've got to pay attention to this. (laughs) Yeah, I did notice that when we're watching it, every time you'd go to make a note was like right in a scene where I was like, oh no, she's got to watch this part. Like the the, yep. the scene where they're throwing the, the fundraiser for Harvey Dent. Yes. And the Joker walks in. Yep. When the Joker walks in was when you started making notes. I was like, no, 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 you've got to watch. <laughs> this is one of the best parts of the film. What are you and doing? See, that was Put the hard part. Down. Whenever I was writing notes, I was like, I'm going to miss something good. 100%. Because it was so, all good. And and that's that's the scene where you start to see more of the Joker and more of that, that character that he's built and, and things like the Scar stories. Yes. And there was so many different stories. Like every single person, he came up with a different story about how he got his scars. And that was sort of a point there. Oh, the, the pencil trick as well. Yes. Josh just oh, that was that. terrifying. That was really Again, gross. Again, one of my favourite parts. When I first saw this movie, it was I was working for K-Rock in Geelong. Yep. And they were doing a preview screening. The night before it was released, it was a preview screening that they gave away tickets for. And I was so excited to see this. Like, so yep. excited to see this movie. And just remember be, walking out of the cinema and just being completely blown away. And that pencil trick scene is just, it lives rent-free in my head. Yeah. Like, I just, I love it. Was it was really gross. But the Scar stories, that was something that they wanted to not give the Joker a particular point of origin. In the comic books, he doesn't really have one. There's one comic book, The Killing Joke, where it does actually delve yep. into his origins. Something. And they've made an animated movie of that. And it wasn't that great, the animated movie, but yep. it, it is an incredible book. But they really wanted to keep that mystery about Heath Ledger's Joker, his about life you know, and his life happened. and all that sort of stuff. And you know that's why every different story he tells about how he got his scars is yep. a different one. All different. Just, yeah, so interesting. But the movie does, it goes at, at breakneck speed. Yeah. Like not a second of this movie is wasted. You're not sitting there going, oh, why are they doing this? Oh, my this God, it's only been half an even, hour. Even the courtroom no. scenes, not a second of that is wasted. It is all there to drive the plot forward. And it was one of those movies where I didn't need to know everything straight away. So it kept me entertained the whole time without knowing everything. Which is odd for you because we've had really this discussion in a couple of previous episodes where you're like, if it doesn't explain everything straight away, I'm not interested. Oh, yep. I hate surprises. Whereas yep. this... I didn't care. You didn't care. No. Which, again... Testament. Uh, so then we get up to the bit where Bruce is ready to turn himself in is going because he wants to be with Rachel and he's like, I have to do the right thing. I have to stop people getting hurt. So they have a press conference. Harvey Dent then turns around and goes, well, 
lock up the Batman and Bruce goes to step forward and he says, I am the Batman. And yep. they put him in handcuffs and everyone's like, hey, what the hell's Hang going on. on here? And I think that sort of confused you a little bit too about why that was happening. I believe my note was, what? <laughs> <laughs> what? Why is Harvey doing this? I'm so confused because I didn't understand. But because he's such a good guy, but he's like. But if you like, then listen as he's explaining it to Rachel, he says, I'm the decoy. This will bring the Joker out. Yep. The Batman will stop him. We'll get him. Because he has faith in the Batman, which is such a a big thing, I think, that he's like, no, no. It's going to be fine. Because everyone's saying we shouldn't have the Batman, we shouldn't have a vigilante, We the police should be doing their job. He's saying, no, this guy is yeah. doing the right thing. He's doing what needs to be done. Have faith in him. Have faith in him like I have faith in him. Which so is massive. It, it's a roundabout plan, but it works. Because it they do, in the end, despite the destruction of the Batmobile in one of the coolest scenes ever when <laughs> that bat pod bursts from the... Ba- I remember cheering for that. Of course you did. When it first happened. I was just like, yes! <laughs> and I wasn't the only one because it was so exciting when that Nerd. just when it explodes and it just does that little side skid. As it, Nerd. Oh, so cool. So cool. But they catch the Joker. They lock him up. Life is good. But then it's not. For you, were you like, oh, they've caught the Joker. That must be the end. Or did you then realise, oh, wait, no, this movie still has an hour and a bit to go. No. See, I was not actually looking at the time, which is another big thing for me. Because usually I'd be like, can you pause for a second? Because I'll need to go to the toilet or, you know, go get a drink or get some snacks. Didn't happen with this. No. Didn't happen. No. So, no, I assumed that was it. I was like, oh, they've got him. I thought there would be some other thing because it couldn't be that easy. I was well, like, you're right, no because way. he did have then another plan in place, which we find out about. He escapes from Whew. the prison. This is where I started crying. A very incredible interrogation scene between him and the Batman, and I love that. And that yes. there was I've got this all in the facts when we get to those, but Heath Ledger was that in character in yep. that scene. He told Christian Bale to punch him harder and Christian <laughs> Bale wouldn't do it because wow. he was so he didn't want to hurt him. He didn't want to do like, anything. He was like, No, I want you to hit me. Like yep. literally like in full joke, like hit me. Like oh my God. Um like that's that's, that's how deep on. he went into this role. He like, did, so yeah. good. So then we find Harvey Dent and Rachel both being kidnapped. But before that, Gordon. He's dead. Oh, he's back. Yeah. So we thought he died. Sorry, we skipped all over the death and the rebirth, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're having a memorial for the mayor who was killed, and it looks like Gordon's been shot by the Joker. And then we find out that, no, it was a whole ruse to keep his family safe. Which was a good thing because I kind of skipped over that part. And then they went to his wife, and I was like, oh, wait, something happened to Gordon? <laughs> yes, and that's why his wife was like, you brought this on us. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Batman, who's there in the shadows. But I also um, assumed that he couldn't actually be dead because they didn't make a big enough scene out of it. I was like, I swear well, you're pretty still... smart. You're pretty switched on, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, was. they would have. And it was. It was a ruse, and he was there when they caught the Joker. He was the one driving the truck that had Harvey Dent in it. But, yeah, so we get to this, as you put in your notes, I've got your note in front of me, sticky situations. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Probably a little bit more intense than that. They'd yep. been kidnapped and tied to oil drums with both with a bomb. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in yeah. In different yeah, yeah. locations. So the Joker gives the Batman the locations. But sneaky old Joker <gasps> gives the wrong like swaps swiss, them. Swaps them around. So them. Batman thinks he's going to save Rachel, but in fact he is where Harvey oh. is. And Gordon and his men think they're saving Harvey Dent, but they get to where Rachel is. Yep, and they don't get her in time. They don't get her. And I, were This you, is where I start crying. Were you expecting that? No, no, that's the worst thing. It hurts so much because I was like, oh, okay, Rachel, she's going to be fine. Who gives a shit about Harvey Dent? Who cares? <laughs> like, he's great and all, but save Rachel. And then they didn't save her. And then I cried. You did cry. I cried a lot. You did. <laughs> oh. in, in one of your notes here is, how dare they let Rachel die? Yep, 100%. 
And then the next question you had mm. was, is Harvey going to turn into Two-Face after this? Yeah. See, this is where my detective hat, I had my hat on. <laughs> I was ready to go. I had my monocle out and I was like, mm, here we go. His face is halfway down in the oil or whatever it is. Petrol? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, petrol. So yeah. there goes Harvey's face. He's got a coin that he flips. Two heads. Two-Face. <laughs> I'm impressed you knew who Two-Face was. Of course I know who Two-Face is. I'm... I live on this planet, like. Do you though? Most of the time. Because <laughs> you recognise Michael Caine from Miss Congeniality, so I'm just wondering, like. Everyone ha- knows the villains: Two Face, the Riddler. I'm sure there's others. <laughs> the Penguin. So what? I, what I'm taking from that, the fact that you said Two Face and Riddler, is that maybe you have seen another Batman movie. Maybe. Maybe you've seen Batman Forever with Jim Carrey as the Riddler. Because that had Two-Face in it as well. I feel like I remember watching maybe, was it a cartoon? Like a TV series? Yeah, Batman, like the, a anim- cartoon. Batman the Animated Series. Yeah, your brother I loves that. I think that's that. what I watched. Okay, that I don't know sense. if I'd watched the movies, but I knew Two-Face was a person because of the cartoon one. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Because I was interested to see how you figured out that Two-Face was there. So that is right. I'm correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then in saying this, I didn't write a note about this, but looking back, really, really impressed that the Batman – didn't turn out like a bad guy after he lost his girl too. Because he easily could have but went down did, that dark. But he did start like he went, after, as he went after Maroney and dropped him off the building, which, is, again, is one of my favourite scenes in this movie oh. where he has him up and he's like, you won't let me fall. Oh, the, oh, the fall from this height won't kill me. He's like, I'm counting on it. And <laughs> drops him and, he's le- and you see his yes. legs shatter. Again, so, unexpected. but Bad, but not full on, you know, still gives him over. Doesn't kill him. But he does start to... They're darker. He gives up. Yeah. A part of him gives up. And we'll get to that in a second. But this is the part we're up to is where we see the only scene of the film that you actually remembered (laughs) in the billions of times we've watched this, which is the hospital scene. Yes. And that's because I think you've told me about 20,000 times that it wasn't like that wasn't scripted. So the button itself, it cost so much money to do this scene. And he was actually freaking out because he was like, shit, it's not blowing up. And that's legitimately him. And that's the legit scene where he's just like, (laughs) and he to his credit, sort of played it up and yeah. was like in character, like, why isn't this working? And yep. then the and he, you see him jump and yeah. that's a and then genuine jump of fear <laughs> when the actual explosion happens and that's why that's such an iconic scene. But yep. yeah, that's the, that's the one thing. Now, your notes ended after that scene. They did because I didn't want to stop watching so the So I'm guessing that's where the Joker's final plan really sort of sucked you in. Yep. And when I started crying a lot. <laughs> why crying a lot? Wait, no. No, this wasn't the right one. Sorry. I didn't cry in this movie. It was the other movie. <laughs> we watched them both on the same day. I got confused. Okay. No, this one was fine. <laughs> this one's cool. So obviously the Joker then enacts his final plan, which is to have two boats, one yep. full of criminals, yep. one full of... Non-criminals, non- people, families. Non-criminals, families. Yep. And he gives them both a detonator. Yes. To blow up the other boat. Oh, see, I could have cried here because it was really nice. To try and prove that everyone is evil. Yep. Because he, ex- he expects the normal people to blow up the criminals to save themselves. Yeah, 100%. And All the criminals the to criminals, do that. that. They'll do that to save their own lives. Yep. But they don't. And it brings yep. out, and as the Batman says, he said, are you trying to prove that people are as ugly as you? Yep. And even when you get the people on the ship where they're like, you've got a good conscience, let me do it. You know, I've got nothing left to live, like kind of thing. 100%. And then they couldn't even do it. But then, as we find out, that's not the ultimate plan. Yep. As the Batman catches the Joker, the Joker's laugh, he says, what? And he's like, Harvey is my ace in the hole. He's the one. He said, here's my backup plan here. Because now that he's lost Rachel and he's lost everything, he loses, and 
half yep. his face. Yeah. He's lost his mind. He's gone. Like So he goes after him. the people that he thinks have wronged him. The the mob. He then kidnaps Gordon's family. Oh, okay, yeah, that's a bit I didn't like. Because Gordon let Rachel die in his head, Gordon let it was Rachel Gordon's die. Fault. He didn't yep. save her, they saved him instead. Him instead. They didn't save her. So he threatens Gordon's family. Yeah. In which Batman shows up in the nick of time. Just in time. Killing Harvey Dent, but saving accidentally. Gordon's family. Acc- accidentally. Accidentally, but also, you know. But the whole plan was to make Gotham think that Harvey Dent was his criminal. That was the Joker's plan. Yeah. Yep. Their, their white knight, their saviour, was, was actually, actually a dirty evil. criminal. It was actually yep. dirty. He was the one that did all um, this. Because if that got out that he'd killed all these people, then all those criminals that he convicted would get overturned and would be back on the street. Yep. And they'd be fine. Which is why the Batman takes the blame. Which at is the end. full on. And he leaves and <sighs> you know, and Gordon gives this whole monologue about how, you know, he, he, he is what we need he's who we need, not who we deserve. He needs he will take it. He will wear it. Yep. Because he needs to do the right thing because he is dum dum the dark knight. Yes. To which the movie ended, the credits started, and you went, can we watch the next one? <laughs> I need to know what happens. And, and we this, still haven't watched it. We haven't yet, and this, and we will because this, this <laughs> we is- We might have to watch that tonight. That's where Bruce gives up. Yep. After Rachel's death, he stops being Batman after oh, that, eight years. Because he almost has to be, like, because he has to go into no, hiding. But he just, he, he, just, do, he doesn't done. want to help anymore. He's done because yep. he lost Rachel because he thinks Rachel was going to leave Harvey Dent for him. Ah, uh, but he doesn't know because of the letter. Because- <gasps> Oh my god! But if he what? Yes. <gasps> but if he knew, would it make it better or worse? Well, we'll find we out. Find we'll out? find out when we watch The Dark Knight Rises. Won't Can we? we stop recording now and go home? No, I wanna, not I just yet. Watch. This is actually going to end up one of our longest episodes, I reckon, because <laughs> oh, I've still got so lots good. of facts to get through as well. All right, go. For uh, it. When we first met uh, Heath Ledger's Joker in the opening sequences, where they're doing the bank heist. The robbers are all wearing clown masks. The one that the Joker's wearing is exactly the same as the one that Cesar Romero wore when the Joker made his first ever appearance in the Batman TV series ah. in the 1960s. The full throwback. <sighs> full Crazy. throwback is a little Easter egg there. The original plan for Two-Face was to use makeup for his scarred, burnt face like they did in Batman Forever and it looked cheesy and crap. They ended up using CGI. Ah, that's how they did and it. And that's how they did that because it does actually, if you watch it, it looks very realistic. The yeah, it's full on. And, and like even when he does the bones sh- and the ugh. When he does the shot and the little bit comes out the side like yes. it's- But that was all CGI. Okay, that's really good CGI. So he then. wore markers all on his face and a prosthetic cap <sighs> and all that sort of stuff. And yep. they did all that in post. So can you imagine trying to act that stuff? Yeah. With like half a mask on and dots and- that's so good. But a testament to that because you don't really even go, oh, that's computer animation. Like, you know, it doesn't. I thought take, it was like prosthetics or something. It doesn't take, it, take you out of the movie with that. Heath Ledger was always the person that Nolan had in mind to play Joker, but uh, because it was such an iconic part, there was a lot of people that publicly expressed interest Patriot. in playing it. Uh, yep. Paul Bettany, who played Vision. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in the Marvel movies. Steve Carell from The Office. Uh-huh. What's Steve Carell been in that you will know. He was, he was Brick in Anchorman. Uh, and he voiced Gru in Minions. Ah. But he was in Anchorman. Yeah. Remember Anchorman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was Brick, the real dumb one. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, Robin Williams also. Oh, no. No? No. You don't reckon? No. He's too funny. No. Wouldn't take it know. serious. There's a movie that I know you haven't seen called mm. One Hour Photo. I'm going to show you that movie. It was Robin Williams. It's a drama, thriller, horror movie. Great. With Robin Williams. <laughs> no, it, it's, it's an incredible movie. It actually shows Robin Williams' range. Okay. It's, okay. Um, yeah. It, I think I, it's just because I know him as that child-friendly, you know, yeah, hilarious, know, yeah. funny. 
But yeah, Christopher Nolan was impressed with how Heath Ledger totally lost himself in the character and uh, said that he saw that Ledger was the only person who understood the psychological aspect they wanted to draw out of the character. Clearly. Yeah, and did Paul it Ledger. really well. So yeah, so Heath Ledger, he, he passed away in January 2008, 28 yep. years old. But this performance won him a posthumous Best Actor yep. in a supporting role. So he won that after he passed away. It's the first time that anyone had won a posthumous Oscar since Peter Finch uh, in 1976. Jeez. It was also the first time an Academy Award had been awarded in a major category to a comic book movie. Wow. Which actually hasn't really happened a hell of a lot since. since. There's been a few nominations in the last couple of years. Yep. Um, I know Angela Bassett was nominated for Wakanda Forever but didn't win. Um. Um, that was one that Jamie Lee Curtis won and – but yeah, so it was one of the one of the only Academy Awards that a superhero movie has ever won. Wow! And the marketing around this movie now you won't obviously won't remember this, but the marketing around this movie was absolutely awesome. So for the fifteen months before the movie's release, Warner Brothers ran an online viral campaign called "Why So Serious." Yeah. They shared online pamphlets of Harvey Dent running for office. Oh, really? With the "I believe in Harvey Dent," and that's <laughs> why there's a line in this movie where Bruce says. You remember those god awful campaign ads? That I believe in Harvey Dent. Yep, they actually ran those, those ads on the internet. They were <laughs> banners and stuff all over the internet. So, and so they was, really hyped the it up. That, well, they did a lot of viral marketing for it. There was a lot of images of the Joker, but it was him behind glass with the smile. And why ah. so serious? Because they didn't want to reveal the Bill Joker who. before the look of the Joker before the movie came out. Like it was shrouded so, in secrecy. Does this mean that they knew the movie was going to do well, or they just hoped that it was going to do I well, or they had play money? They, I think they. Banked on it doing very well. Batman Begins did better than expected. Okay. And I think from that, because Christopher Nolan had never made a sequel to any of his movies before this. Okay, yeah. Batman Begins did really well, and Warner Brothers said, we want you to do a trilogy. Yep. And he went, mm, haven't really done a sequel before. Maybe that's a bit of a challenge, doing a sequel. And then he came up with the idea for how he wanted to do the Joker. Yep. And went, okay, and I need to do this we'll movie. We'll do it. So um, that, I think that always banked on it doing well. well. Probably not as well as it did because okay. it was the first comic book movie to cross the $1 billion mark worldwide at the wow. box office. Okay. Uh, it Huge. opened in 4,366 uh, 4, theatres across the US, which was a record at the time. Wow. The budget for the movie was $185 million, which So that includes huge. You, pretty big. Huge so that, budget. That includes your marketing and all that sort of stuff. But you've got to remember, like, this was also shot in, and we haven't discussed this, was shot using IMAX cameras. Oh, okay. So the version we watched didn't have the IMAX scenes. Yeah. You know how you got your black bars at the top and yeah, bottom? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, in a lot of the releases of this movie, the IMAX scenes are actually shown in full screen. So it actually gives gives the scale of it. And I was actually disappointed when the version we watched didn't have that. But they did film this in IMAX camera, so it screened in IMAX as well. It was yeah. one of the first movies to ever do to that. Ever do and that. IMAX cameras and film and all that sort of stuff, obviously a lot more expensive. So a bigger budget. Yeah, so it did just do over a billion dollars worldwide, though. Jeez. So five times, nearly six times its budget that it made. That's insane. So absolutely incredible film. The scene where they're burning the money. Oh, yeah. That was a good one. Um, there was oh, – I had it in my notes, but I can't find it now – of how much – it was actually worked out by a mathematician about how much money – he actually would have burnt. Oh, really? If that, was actually, if that was a legitimate pile. And it was a small fortune, obviously. Oh, gosh. But just one of the things that, you know, you know. He, he stole all that money and then set fire to it. Yeah. Because he didn't. He know, doesn't he, need money. He, wasn't he doesn't a criminal care. He doesn't care. Just no. as Michael Caine from yep. Miss Congeniality says, he just wants to see the world burn. Yep. 100%. He just wants to create anarchy. Yep. And it's why this representation of the Joker has been so beloved, I guess, for a lack of a better term. Have they done another Batman since? Yes, because they would have done... Um, yes, because we've had... We had Batman 
uh, The Dark Knight Rises after this. So how did the next Batman go with the Joker? Were they like, oh, when this they is used the worst, the when next. they used another do- Yeah. So the next Joker we saw was Jared Leto. Uh, okay, he was pretty Suicide good. In Suicide Squad. No, you guys didn't like him, did you? I hate Jared Leto. I thought he was all right. No Heath Ledger, but... No. Completely different almost. I'm like, sorry, you could have been a better Joker than Jared Leto. Well, I'm hilarious, so, you know. I wouldn't go that far. No, <laughs> look, my, my thing with Jared, I, I have a personal beef with Jared Leto. Of course you do. Why? So, in 2011, mm-hmm. 30 Seconds to Mars, his band performed at Soundwave here in Australia, in Melbourne. Yeah. And I was backstage doing interviews. So, I interviewed Slash from Guns N' Roses. I interviewed Primus. Yep. I interviewed a bunch of bands that day. 30 Seconds to Mars were in that group of bands that I interviewed. So it was him and his brother, Shannon, yep. that came for the interview. And he comes swaddling over in this blue leather jacket full of diamonds. Yeah. Like, just like a wank. And <laughs> I went to shake his hand and say, hey, hey, young, nice to meet you. And he he just sort of stood there and he's like, I don't shake hands. I'm sick. <laughs> and I went, okay, cool. Yeah, I sort of no brushed worries. it off. And we sat down and the interview started and I went, all right, well, first things first. I said, let's discuss the name of the band. 30 Seconds to Mars. Like, it's, so, it's not just, a, you know, uh, the Ramones. Like, th- there's a story behind that name, clearly. Yeah. And he looked at me dead in the eyes and he goes, if you want to know the answer to that, Google it. Oh, my God. And I went, okay. <laughs> and his brother, Shannon, who's not, he was, I'm pretty sure Shannon's the drummer for 30 yep. Seconds to Mars. And he's the nicest guy in the world. He went, oh, look, you know, it's a... It's a question we get asked quite a lot and, you know, it's, it's got a really personal meaning to us. So we don't like, you know, really discussing it because it is a really personal meaning to me, to, to me and Jared. And I was like, great answer. Yep. Thank you. And yeah. I ignored Jared Leto the rest of it. I was like, mate, you are a cock. I'm not talking to you. <laughs> and to the point where he then went and did an interview with K-Rock. Yep. So I wasn't working for K-Rock at that point. I was working for Mix FM here in Colac. He went and did an interview with the girl from K-Rock next. He made her cry <gasps> and his publicist had to come and apologize for his behavior. To wow. Her. Like an absolute wank. Oh. And I've hated him ever since. I refuse okay. to listen to his music. That's fair. Hate his movies. He's been, he's done some incredible performances in movies that I just refuse to watch. Yep. Just because, because he's a wank. Because Dallas Buyers Club, I've never seen it purely because he's in it. I will not watch it. Wow. Because I cannot stand him. And when he was announced as the Joker in Suicide Squad, I was so hangry. <laughs> I was like, no, because you had Margot Robbie as She's Harley Quinn, amazing. who's amazing. And it's the first in- incarnation of the Joker after yep, Heath since- Ledger. And this was going to be the building of the cinematic universe with you know, Ben Affleck as Batman and yep. Henry Cavill. As, you know, that was the DCU. It was, it was starting to build. And they announced him as the Joker. And I was like, no. Nah. And thankfully that's I was proven right because it. he was terrible as the Joker. He was absolutely oh. He was terrible. But, yes, that's... That's, That's the story. Seems, so okay. that that for the listeners now explains why to people why I hate Jared Leto. Makes sense. Makes so sense. we've gotten a little bit off topic here. Yes. Back to the Dark Knight. <laughs> what would you rate this movie out of five? I'm going to give it a four point five. Four point five. Yep. Yep. We finally there. got to another four point five. There. It's up there with Twister. It's up there with Twister for a two and a half hour movie. For me to give it a four point five. Yeah. That's massive. Ends it. Yep. It was great. Wow. Why haven't we watched it sooner? <laughs> I tell you what, you and Jared I mean, Leto. Like I tell you try. what, you're both the bane of my existence. I tell you what. Speaking of bane of my existence, would you watch a sequel to this movie? Ooh, because Bane's in the next one. He is I would. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, we will because I feel like we're gonna have to watch that when we get home. Tonight. I really need to know what's gonna happen. <sighs> All right, we'll watch that tonight. <laughs> we're gonna leave it there. We will be back next week. Another massive episode next week. Now, next week's episode is one that, again. I think shocked me when I realised you hadn't seen it. 
Mm. I think will shock a lot of people that you haven't seen it. The best part for me was the fact that you didn't realise this movie had a twist ending. Next week we are talking The Sixth Sense, a movie that you didn't know had a twist ending. When I went to put this on, you went, ooh, what's, what's this, this one about? And I went, oh, she doesn't know. <laughs> this is the one I cried a lot in. You did. So I'm very excited to talk about it with you. It will be here next week. It is about time you watch this. We'll talk to you then. You've been listening to It's About Time You Watch This, a creative media production.